No my Heidi Mikey, Tene Hotaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman with you. Today, women will hold the majority of seats in Parliament for the first time ever when Labour MP Soraya Packer Mason is sworn in today. We have Dame Jenny Shipley on that just after four. Rishi Sunak, 42, is to become the UK's next Prime Minister, the youngest in 200 years, the first person of colour to lead Britain, and extraordinarily rich. Who is he? What will he, what will he do? Also today, uh, ED wait times, emergency department wait times, under the spotlight. Every month, thousands of people are choosing to leave emergency departments instead of waiting uh, for treatment. Nothing more unnerving and, frankly, frightening if you are waiting for hours uh, at an emergency department. Maybe this has happened to you. Text me, 2101. Also today, we are among the lowest in the world for active transport to school. Our kids just aren't walking to school like you and I did. We had to walk through snow and ice, wouldn't we? And bamboo steaks are being sold at a local building supplies chain for near on five bucks a steak. But hang on, they're an invasive species, aren't they? It's hard enough to get rid of bamboo. Do you have it in your garden? And the song whisperer this afternoon, we give you the lyrics, you give us the song. Here they are. Out in the battle... Flung far and used, where does allegiance lie? Sometimes when all of your hopes and all of your dreams are too much to value. You know the song, trust me, you'll know the song. Text me, 2101, what is it? Our panel this afternoon, Ali Jones, Senior Consultant at Red PR, Community Board Member, holed up in a house bus, I understand. Kia ora, Ali. <laughs> Kia ora, right? and not a Community Board. Yes, I am in a house bus, parked in Methven at the moment, but not a Community Board Member anymore uh, yeah. because of the election. I didn't stand for the Community Board. But yes, I'm in Methven. We had the rodeo at the week- weekend and um, very cosy in the house bus. Why are you in a house bus? Uh, because the house has been demolished. It was a failed EQC oh, yes. repair. Uh, and so we thought, well, we wanted some control about where we lived and how we lived and, and you know, move around a bit. And so the house bus was was it. Well, it's lovely to have you here. Also with us is David Cormack, managing partner at the Draper Cormack Group, former comms manager for the Green Party. David, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. How are you? I thought you were on last week. No, the week before. But yeah. I know that every minute without me must feel like an eternity. <laughs> You hear this, Ellie? Yeah, no, no he's got new writers, clearly, yeah. isn't he? Good to have you on. Now, uh, hundreds of players from all over the country have taken part in the New Zealand Junior Girls Rugby Festival over the long weekend. It was the very first. Forty teams from across the country travelled for the event. The sport is undergoing large growth for school-age girls, but at the moment there just aren't the pathways if you want to keep on playing it. And the event, of course, is extra special and coinciding with the Rugby World Cup. With us is tournament organiser Tyrone Campbell. Kia ora, Tyrone. Kia ora, Wallace. How are you? Good. How did it all go? Oh, oh look, it was it was yeah, absolutely magic. Um, I think uh, the, the the girls and uh, along with our team are, are, are pretty knackered, but uh, it was a very special weekend and and just to have it, uh, as you say, coinciding with the Rugby World Cup, just just made yeah. it. Um, yeah, really, really awesome. There's a big interest in rugby amongst girls, isn't there? Up 9% in the past year in girls 12 to 14. Great news. What do you put it down to? Uh, a couple of things. I, I think that um, 
the, the growth of, of, of rep rugby. Uh, the New Zealand Rugby Union's been very smart in, in promoting that that uh, part of the game. Uh, what enables not not just girls but also boys to uh, come into the come into the game um, at, at a at a loss a less contact uh, version. Um, so that that's where a lot of growth has, has been. And then obviously um, the promotion around the game yeah. and the women's game is, is really helped, and it's helped inspire a lot of a lot of girls to um, uh, put put the boots on. Ali, isn't this good news? Here we have this uh, very first um, uh, tournament, uh, 40 teams from across the country. Great, huh? It's fabulous, but what I want to know is what do we need to do now to make sure that these young women, these girls are supported and in another three or four years we're not looking back and going, yeah, well, we should have done this, we should have done that. What do we need to be doing now? I think we need to keep keep supporting club club footy. Um, I mean, a lot of clubs around the the country are really are really struggling, and and once we're the community community hubs, um, which which I think is is fantastic with the, the growth of the women's game and and girls game because it's it's helping kind of bring people back to to, to club footy. Um, I think it's also important that, that uh, rugby unions uh, around the nation uh, are providing uh, platforms and and opportunities uh, not just for girls but also in that rip and in, in those rip grades. Um, because a lot of kids nowadays obviously uh, don't like getting straight out there and, and getting into the contact, but can transition in, in that way. Because there was a report back in, what, 2018, showing a rapid expansion in girls with rugby, but schools struggling to keep up with demand. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's right. I mean, for, for, for us, we mainly kind of work in that, that, that club space. Um, we did have a number of schools um, involved or, or girls that, that that joined clubs to come to this event. Um, um, I mean, but the reality is that there's not a lot of opportunities for girls-only um, competitions or, or, or grades. For example, the Christchurch FC uh, team that came up from from Canterbury, um, mm. they play in the boys' comp in under 13. So this is the first mm. ever time that they've they've played in a in, in a girls-only comp against girls-only teams. No, David. I think it's cool, eh? It's great to see traditional barriers being broken mm. down in, in every sport, you know? Like, I love the the growth of the women's game. The Women's World Cup being here has just been incredible. Um, so good on you for putting on this tournament. I hope we see it across other sports that have had sort of gender roles ascribed to them uh, and and see see both gender, all genders playing in all sports. Yeah, Tyrone? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and I mean, just, just for kids to be out there and, and, and enjoying themselves and and really kind of feel a part of of what's happening in, in, in the Rugby World Cup. It's just it's just really it's just really fantastic. And coinciding with the Rugby World Cup as well, Tyrone. I mean, that must be fantastic for the girls playing the Junior Girls Rugby Festival. Have they had any visits from the World Cup players? Yeah, we were so we were so lucky. Um, you know, Rugby World Cup's been been absolutely amazing. They were down there um, uh, during during the weekend. And we were lucky enough to have the Italians, uh, the Japanese team, and also the England rugby team um, come come down and, and spend time with the girls. And they really kind of got amongst it. Um, and, and that really just, you know, really just kind of added a, an extra level and, and yeah. to interact with their, with, their, with their superstars. It was just really special. That's fantastic. Uh, before you go, Tyrone, um, did you have good support from sponsors on putting it all together? Yeah, look, we had we had uh, great support from from Auckland Unlimited, uh, Ponsonby Rugby Club, Auckland Rugby Union, the Blues, uh, and, and Rugby World Cup. 
So um, yeah, good, good support there. The event goes to, to Canterbury uh, next year to the Christchurch Football Club. Um, you know, we, we're definitely looking for support if, if anyone out there is, is keen to get in behind us. Okay. Us up global Games. Global Games. We'll put the word out, Tyrone. Kia ora. Thanks for your time. That's uh, Tyrone Campbell there, the tournament organiser there. It's, it is wonderful news, isn't it, Ali? Um, I, I, I'd like to know what you played uh, growing up at school. Mm. What was your code? Okay, well, yeah, all right. Look, I didn't do a lot of sport. I did debating and table tennis were my two uh, go-tos, so hey, not snap. very physical. Table tennis fan, <laughs> the Nelson Table Tennis Club. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. But, you know, table tennis isn't doing gymnastics or break. But I must say, oh, as I got a bit older, well, I have heard you talk about it before. Yeah. Good on you, and I still enjoy table tennis. But um, touch rugby was, was always something that I played in my 20s, which was a social uh, sort of uh, sport. Really enjoyed that. But, no, I've never been a big sporty type. David. I gave everything a hoon, actually. Yeah. In fact, in 1995, I was the under-12 Wellington backstroke champion, and then the following year I was got real fat, and so I was no longer a backstroke champion. But I played cricket. I still play cricket. Play rugby, yeah. squash, soccer. I just loved getting out there and having a run around. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, do you still swim? Do you still do backstroke? God, no. You can... I displace too much water. Right. Okay. Uh, well, you could. There was a competition we had at primary school, and it was called floating. And I remember I got first in that one year. You could probably do that. I'd give that a hone. Yeah. Yeah. Floating. floating. Although Number I think one. that women mm. have better layers of subcutaneous fat. All right. So I actually... All right. Let's just put play to this conversation. <laughs> Thank you, David. Uh, very good. Now, uh, on the other news, breaking news: the jury hasn't been able to reach a verdict on four charges of rape against a 25-year-old Wellington man in a trial at. Uh, Wellington District Court, but the man was found not guilty on the other charges he faced, two of unlawful sexual connection and two of indecent assault. A retrial has been ordered for the four rape charges and the defendant's name suppression uh, continues. So that's uh, just uh, breaking news just now. It's five to four. You're on the panel. We have David Cormack and Ali Jones. And it is time for I've Been Thinking. This is part of the show where um, they reach into the inner depths of their soul and extract something really worth telling the whole nation. Ellie, what is it this afternoon for you? Oh, you've really set that up. No, I don't know whether mine is quite as, as amazing as that. Well, it better Wallace. be. It, well, it's not. I'm telling you now. Um, what what I've been thinking about is this uh, this awful news about this four-year-old boy who died oh. and just that, and I know we're talking about it later in the program as well yeah. about the EDs and things like that, but look, for a very long time, it's been very hard to get into your GP. You know, and one of the really great things to about primary health care in New Zealand is that great continuity of care, whether it's at your local yeah. general practice or whether it's with a midwife, which is the whole thing about continuity of care. And if you can't get in to see your GP, then that's a nuisance. But some people can't get in to see any GP when they need to see someone. So what I've been thinking about is why is this happening and why can we not look at a system that will work and the way that we want it to work and then work backwards to see what we do, need to do to make that work. I don't understand why this has been so hard. You know, this hasn't been a snap election. It's been building for years, and there are still things that we could do in New Zealand. Nurses and midwives are still not on the fast track residency yep. list for a start. So what can we do to fix it? Because it can't keep going like this. There are there are a myriad of issues in there, uh, not least, and we talked about this, the pay rates in Australia. People are going to Australia to set up practice to go there, Ellie. 
Yeah, but don't Just you think one. that New Zealanders... Yeah, and I agree, and I think that is one. But don't you think New Zealanders are a little bit like that noose on the West Coast, and she might be an exception, that the lifestyle here in New Zealand is, is a certain way, and, I, and, and people like that. And yes, pay rates are important, but there is so much low-hanging fruit here that we could uh, mm. change or deal with that I think would make a difference, and I just don't understand why we're not. Oh. Uh, also, I would like to come back to that uh, question about uh, emergency department waiting times in Kia ora, Ellie, for your thoughts on that, uh, that, that tragic story of that uh, four-year-old boy who died. It's just, I don't know. It's absolutely well, it's heartbreaking. awful, isn't it? Yeah. It's awful. And I, I did hear a woman say, well, you've got to remember that you, or parents should be confident enough to ask for a first, a second or a third opinion. But have you ever been in a situation with a sick kid where you feel intimidated about where you are, not very confident, very tired? It's very hard to sure. ask parents to ask for that sort of, yes. um, you know, questioning things like yeah. that. All right, kia ora, Ali. Uh, David Cormack, I've been thinking... So I've been thinking about inflation, which seems to not be brought under control, and it sucks. And so consequently, the Reserve Bank keeps putting up interest rates, which means people with mortgages are getting squeezed. And so at the moment, we're getting double teamed by higher interest rates and the price of cheese. And so now some economists are saying that we need higher unemployment to save the economy. And I just kind of wonder what the hell sort of economy we have where we need to make human beings suffer. And if people... You gonna you gonna interrupt me, Wallace? No, no, I won't. Okay, thank not you. this time. Sorry. And when we say we need to save the economy, who are we saving it for? Whom? Because it ain't the people who are going to be made jobless. And they're saying that we need to lose about thirty thousand uh, people, get them onto the uh, the jobless list. And if that's the case, that's like one percent of our um, of our current joblessness. And so maybe those who are saying we need to cut jobs could volunteer to lose their jobs so that they can help the country. Because one of the other methods of inflation that people aren't talking about is actually raising taxes which is something that even Margaret Thatcher did. And so raising taxes on the wealthiest and their wealth would be a way of make, taking money out of the economy, which is what we're trying to do. But we don't do that, and Labour's too cowardly to, to put up taxes, and National has said it's going to go the other way and actually cut taxes. And so no matter which way you look, it's pretty grim. There you go. I gave you a clear run, David. Very good. You're on the panel, RNZ National, David Cormack and Ali Jones with me this afternoon. And there's a lot to talk about on the panel this afternoon. Do stay with us and text me 2101. Loving your feedback this afternoon.